This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, potentially Monday in New Orleans. How do the Warriors handle the back-to-back? First one of the season these next couple of days. All of that a part of the conversation here as it is John Dickinson and Evan Giddings. It is Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. We're with you until noon today uh, here on 95.7 The Game. We're up on YouTube. Uh, a lot of things going on in the Bay. want to make sure we let everybody know that Brock Purdy has been cleared. Uh, again, we're not going to necessarily discuss it or take calls on it because this is Warriors this week. But from a news standpoint, uh, Brock Purdy has been cleared and will start uh, as he gets through the concussion protocol. So he's going to start for the Niners tomorrow against the Bengals at Levi's. And the overarching question through two games, one and one for the Warriors, are you more optimistic about the good things you've seen or or pessimistic about the potential problem points that you've seen uh, from the Warriors through through two games? Yeah, I think so far, J.D., for me, I, I'm I'm feeling more optimistic than the things that have concerned me thus far. I, like if I had to sort of list my 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 biggest concerns at this point, uh, they would revolve around two of the starters, and it'd be Clay Thompson and, and Andrew Wiggins, and those to me are are concerns at this point. But I I also think that Wiggins is a player who generally is is kind of been up and down his entire career. So I, I don't expect a game like Phoenix to drag on throughout the season, but it's certainly something I'll I'll make a note of. As for Clay Thompson. I think the first two games are pretty much what we've come to expect from Clay. Like a game where he's going to be throwing and, and chucking and hucking, and it might hurt you to the point where it, it could have been the difference, who knows, against Phoenix in a game that came down to the wire. He's also a guy that can self correct, relatively speaking, game to game, and pull himself into a, into a position now where he can get efficient with his looks, with the basketball, with shooting to a point where against Sacramento, I, I really didn't have too much bad to, to say about Clay Thompson, if, if anything at all. I thought he played very well, especially coming off of that game. And that's the kind of self-awareness that I hope that those two players can find ideally quickly, because I do think this is an important, a very important part 
of the Warriors' schedule, unlike perhaps what Steve Kerr is kind of putting out after the game about not, you know, not necessarily being just a you know a big win. It's just another road game. Last year doesn't really matter. Um, I think the self awareness from Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins are things that can be corrected, and that's why I would feel more optimistic than pessimistic at this point. Yeah, I I think the question as it relates to Clay, and and we should dig into I think Clay and and Wiggins. I think it's a good good way to go here at the top of this third hour. The question is, does Clay believe that this is what Clay is mm. as a player right now? And can he accept that and with some relative consistency aim for games more like last night as opposed because it seems like games like last night a year ago would come after games like the opening night where he would either be like, man, I wrecked the game, or, or somebody would maybe have to tell him that he was a little bit overzealous with, with some of the shot selection uh, on a night where he wasn't hot. Because I also think it relates back to some of the reporting on the, on the contract extension. What type of player is he? Does Clay Thompson still believe 301 threes, 41.2% clip last year, even though it was up and down with the wild mood swings of, of play uh, over the course of the season, he still thinks he's the guy that should be paid for the totality of the numbers mm-hmm. and not how those numbers impacted winning on a night-in, night-out basis. And so therein lies the rub as the Warriors try to sort how to get the most out of this team this season, but also how to figure out what to pay Clay Thompson for next season and in the future because I I just keep coming back to if they're not close on money and they're not close on years I mean does does that there's only one way I take that and and I don't I take that as well Clay thinks he's a four-year 160 million dollar extension coming and the Warriors are like no we really want it to be like three and ninety or, or you know, or, or maybe even slightly less than that, but we'll go up to three and ninety as kind of the high mark, or three and even a hundred as as the high mark. But a hundred and a hundred and sixty is a dramatic difference. Yeah, and, and I think it's like because not not only the difference in the money, but also years. And I, I think that's where Clay, by no means, is he trying to get greedy. I think he's just he's thinking about what he's done and wants to be paid for his contribution to, to, to the dynasty. But the Warriors are at a point in their financial structure to where they can't necessarily afford to give Clay Thompson the years and the AAV and then fall and then watch him decline because then that's that's going to kill them for the next three years. And so I think the the disagreement is where Clay wants both years as well as the AAV. And the Warriors probably just want to give him either or. I mean, maybe there is a situation where the Warriors said, hey, look, if you want to make $40 million a year, we can't pay you more than two seasons. And of course, if you're Clay Thompson, you're looking at what Draymond just got as far as four years. Stephen Curry's going to be coming off the books a year before Draymond or that, that player option comes up. And then you also have to wonder what's going to happen with Steve Kerr, even though he doesn't factor into the cap. What's Where's his future going to be, ideally in Golden State? Ideally, all three of them, all four of them are going to be a Golden State. But I think that's definitely weighing on the mind of Clay Thompson. One thing that was encouraging for me, though, about Clay specifically is that last season, 
And I think there was more of a a, a driving mentality of I got to prove that I'm back as opposed to now playing for a contract, even though they're a little bit similar. Um, that type of game for Clay Thompson last night didn't come really until the month of November. Like I, I don't know how much self awareness there was from Clay Thompson at the beginning of last season to where he was taking a ton of shots, a lot of bad shots, particularly in the month of October. And so for him to already have kind of made a maybe not a, a full switch, but to see it as early as the second game of the season to me is a positive sign. Well, and and I also think you know Clay played pretty well aside from shooting the basketball. In both games, true, right? True. And, la- and last night, I think you know, seven to twelve is fine. Two of four from three, that's more than acceptable with Steph doing what he was doing, and the Warriors able to get the contributions they did from others. I, I thought, you know, going back to Wiggins briefly, I thought the Warriors made a concerted effort to get Wiggins the ball early in the game. It tapered off as the game went on, but I think they made a point to get him engaged early, and and he got a couple of buckets when the Warriors had a little bit of control in those first six, seven minutes before the bench came in and the game kind of flipped there. So I, I think that's kind of a night in night out basis as a side on, on Wiggins. But, but as far as clay, I, I, I am a little more optimistic on clay based on the fact that, you know, he was pretty good defensively against Kevin Durant. And I thought he held his own last night in his matchups and yeah, the self-awareness is, is key. I mean, we, Talked all offseason, and he talked all offseason about how he cleared his head and he's in a different place. And, and you know, all right, I, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but you got to show it by, by being a different person now that the season has started and playing differently than you did a year ago. So I'm, I'm kind of so far so good, but we're also, I think, very much in the same category as last year where – you have the one game where it's just steady and efficient, nothing spectacular. That's good enough to win. You have the bad shooting game, even though he does everything, you know, other things well, and that still gets you beat. And and so I I think there is this fine line of finding the right balance for for Clay and Wiggins as things move forward. That ultimately is going to be the determining factor in how good or great this team can be aside from all of the bench guys and young guys and role, role guys. Yeah. And I think Jay, you made an important distinction when we're talking about evaluating clay Wiggins, but also the rest of the non Stephen Curry warriors, quite frankly, because there is not as much room for error margin for error when it comes to winning these games as there has been in years past, because there isn't as much talent as there is. There's, Sometimes a lack of athleticism because they've gotten a little bit older. There's a lack of size. Um, you know, th- there are areas in which the Warriors are deficient. So that does demand a Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins to not just have a good offensive night, or if they're not, it doesn't mean that you can just take a playoff down on defense, that you can't crash the boards and try to impact the rebounding, that you can't try and stick a hand in a passing lane and affect the game outside of just your shot. And I think Clay Thompson individually has at times, and mainly last year, fallen into, well, if my shot's not going, then I'm just going to try and shoot myself out of it. Whereas last night, and even in Game 1, to your point, we saw him be able to provide a positive and productive impact on the basketball game without shooting the ball, or not not just shooting the ball. And I think that's where Wiggins can also take a step. And that's where 
quite frankly, we've also asked a guy like Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody to impact games. If you don't have it going offensively, if you can't make a shot, it doesn't mean that the rest of the game is is just not for you. It just means it might not be your night, and so you're going to have to look around and find other ways to impact the basketball game. So that's something I definitely need to take note of, and I think fans do as well. All right, let's get back to the phones. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Suzette in Oakland next here on Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Suzette. Uh, good morning. Uh, nice to talk to both of you today. Um, yeah, um, Evan pretty much covered what I was going to say. Uh, my concern is um, the points in the paint last night and also the rebounding. I know that uh, Draymond didn't play but I think that's going to be a clear emphasis again this year because um, they tried to shoot themselves out of a lot of games last year, chucking up a lot of threes. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can improve on that when the, the ball's not falling. And also, um, I think it's going to change because I noticed last night, but then they um, they moved the camera when uh, Kaminga was walking off the court. I don't know if you noticed it. Um, he was just shaking his head. And he went to go sit down, and he was getting ready to sulk. And then Kenny Atkinson walked over there and said, come on, get on up. And I wanted to see how that was going to transpire, but, you know, they moved the camera. (laughs) So I think, you know, I think they're looking to stop that because a lot of that was going on last season. So I'm looking, you know, to be positive and, you know, hopefully things, everything will be healthy um, and go from there. But it's nice talking to you guys and Evan. Um, if you're the same Evan that did the uh, Panthers, um, I really enjoy listening to you uh, this season, too, as well. Oh, thanks, Suzette. Yes, it is. I appreciate that. Yeah, that is the one and only <laughs> Evan Giddings. And thank you for the call, Suzette. Uh, it, it, look, I, I think Kaminga is someone that they really – I don't want to put it on Jordan Poole, but the the reality is I think with Jordan Poole – Part of the benefit of taking him out of the equation was the fact that some of the younger players, I think Kaminga in particular, you'll, you'll talk to people who will say that he that Kaminga was, was maybe looking at the way Jordan Poole was doing things as a younger player that had thrived and, flir- and, and hey, that's the way I need to go. Mm-hmm. And almost Jordan Poole is, is you know a guy that's been in it a couple years more than me, I'm going to, you know, he basically taken after him as a, as a younger player uh, in in terms of, of attitude and the like. And I think the Warriors are more optimistic about their ability to be able to coach Kaminga through and Kaminga's ability to accept the coaching with Jordan Poole no longer in the equation. Yeah. And I think there was a signal, whether it was intentional or not, the fact that Andrew Wiggins got less per year than Jordan Poole signaled to Jonathan Kaminga that, to your point, J.D., that's the way you're going to get paid, and that's the way you're going to make a lot of money is to score a lot of points, is to become the firecracker off the bench, and that's just not what the team needed from from Jonathan Kaminga last year. I think they might need more of that this season because I do wonder sometimes where the offense is going to come from. I mean, whether you are a fan of Jordan Poole or not, you do have to replace an 82-game player that scored north of 20 points per game, However, the percentage is however he got it. But the the fact remains there there are points that need to be scored. I think Kaminga can help in that aspect along with the rest of that bench that to me is more 
maybe a little more buttoned up than last year, JK included, Moses included. And so now with a lot more minutes to go around, how is a guy like Jonathan Kaminga going to make Steve Kerr have to play him? Like that's, I think, where we're at in, in Jonathan Kaminga's growth is maybe I don't think Steve Kerr didn't want to play him last year, but he was looking for a reason to, and for whatever reason, J.K. did not give him enough of what he was looking for. So far this season, these first two games, I think Jonathan Kaminga and especially Moses Moody have put Steve Kerr on notice that they need to play, that they are demanding to play because they're going to be an instrumental part of this season. Two of the few players that can grow can get significantly better throughout 82 games in the regular season. And if this is where they're starting, I can't wait to see where they're going to progress to throughout this year. You know, not to get all wonky on the contracts, but I've, I've heard a few people mention it just in casual conversation. Kaminga is going to be due for an extension next year. Yeah. And I, I'm just looking at he's making 7.6 or 6.0 this year. Team option next year obviously gets picked up 7.6. I, I think they already picked that up a couple yeah. – you know, a while back, uh, no brainer. Um, Seven point six for next year, and then I like I wonder about Kaminga because aside from him, I think they're in a tricky spot because aside from him exploding and and showing everyone that he is, you know, got the potential to be a future star. I don't. I don't think they're going to be able to agree to a, a, an extension with Kaminga because, you know, I, I, somebody said to me, well, he's probably going to be in line for four and 80. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking not the way he's played to this point, his <laughs> career, like, like that, like that's the kind of deal. Like, and I think you have to go back to Jordan Poole. like think of, and, and two completely different players, but look at what Jordan Poole did two years ago at the beginning of the season because that's when Jordan Poole vaulted himself into he was going to be at least a 4 and 80. I remember 4 and 80 around this time 2 years ago about a month later but in November as he really got off to a good start and the Warriors got off to the hot start 4 and 80 was like, "Oh, 4 and 80. Oh my god, like that's a lot." He ended up obviously being worth a lot more than that as the season went on and he and he helped them win that championship, but I think you need to start looking at the impact that Jordan Poole had on this team two years ago. That that's what four and eighty looks like, uh, you know. Not uh, so. And again, I, I'm not I'm not doing this to to put. I, I just think it's really tricky because, like, I wouldn't be in the business. I got to think Kaminga thinks he's worth a lot, and I got to think the Warriors are like, well, you haven't proven that yet, but we would like to keep you. So it it almost is. I think the path right now, aside from him just exploding in a good way to where by the end of this season, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy is awesome and a keeper and going to be real, you know, maybe an all-star in the future. Aside from that, I feel like the, the course with Kaminga is play out next year, make him the qualifying offer, and see what the market dictates that he would get, and then you match him as a restricted free agent. Like, I, I think that, again, I'm, I know I'm going way down the line, but I, I don't think, I wouldn't be inclined to do an extension, I think, with Jonathan Kaminga if he just continues to be kind of the player. Even the player that he's been these first two games isn't going to be enough to be 4-80 and 80 or, you know, 4-100 and 100 or something like that. So Yeah, you, I mean, you'd think not. 
It, it, it's interesting, though, because, look, I'm sure Jonathan Kaminga, and it's a different situation, but he just saw Jaden McDaniels get five years, $135 million, and that's his first rookie extension. I don't think Kaminga, like, I mean, McDaniels he, Well, I mean, started, McDaniels is a much better player. Ex- exactly. But, but if Kaminga takes the kind of step this season that I'm sure he wants to, then I, I don't know if it would reach that category at all, but he might say, well, you know, actually... You guys kind of want to pay me like like Josh Green, who just got three for forty. Um, I think I'm a lot closer to Jaden McDaniels, and and even though it might be down the line, I don't think it's out of line to think about how the Warriors are going to handle that because right now, and we we, we kind of touched on it in the first hour. It's like they're playing this year to year. Clay Thompson doesn't have an extension. Steve Kerr doesn't have an extension. So for them to look at Jonathan Kaminga and say, well, actually, that's the guy we're going to have to lock up after this season. To me, he's he kind of gets put on the back burner based on the other contracts that they're going to have to work around. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at Kaminga right now as somebody that's making six and goes up to 7.6 next year. And, I mean, t- I look at Kaminga as more right now, and, and I'm going to say continuing on the same path that he's had, let's say, the first couple of games, which I think has been better than, than the path even from, from last year. I mean, to me, right this second – it's he's more of like a four and sixty, you know, kind of a kind of a deal. Like he would go from let's say six to seven and a half, up to to maybe fifteen. Like I, you know, and and you know, some may say that's even, you know, a little hot. But that's also affording for maybe he, you know, he continues to get a little bit better, but doesn't just explode. Aside from him exploding, I think it's more in the four and sixty. For you know, type type range four and seventy type range for that first deal, uh, as opposed to something that's really going to blow it up. But it's but I'm but I guess my point is the Warriors can let the market dictate. I don't think he's I don't think he would take four and sixty. Number one, I agree. Yeah. Uh, if the Warriors offer that right now, I don't think he would he would take that. Uh, I don't think I don't think he would take four and seventy to be honest. <laughs> right now, if the Warriors offered that, but. I also don't think you're I mean you're not at this stage going to be and look we're getting ahead of ourselves admittedly but you're not at this stage going to be looking at doing you know a, a nine figure kind of a kind of a contract. Yeah, and I also think you, you kind of have to think about how the Kaminga figures or, or value, you know, whether it's in a year or in two years or, or throughout this season. Like how does his value is it's tied in a way also I think to what Moses Moody does because they're in the same draft class. You're probably going to want to keep both of them. So whatever the figure is for one is going to impact the other. And I think that it, that becomes a little bit delicate because so far we've seen a bit more immediate impact and production from a guy like Moses Moody. But Jonathan Kaminga is clearly the one with a higher ceiling. And you're hoping that this third year is a leap for both of them that catapults Jonathan Kaminga into a position where he can help you in a postseason series. And Moses Moody, who's already shown flashes of being to help you in the postseason, can now play more significant minutes in a playoff scenario. And that, of course, is is all after the regular season. That's going to be figured out. But I think we're going to learn quickly just how big of a leap not only a a player like Jonathan Kaminga has made this offseason, but how much Steve Kerr trusts him will also kind of give us a little bit of insight as to what potentially his monetary figure could look like. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting for sure. All right, 888-957-9570, Warrior Realist. We'll get to you on the other side. 
Uh, as we've got one final segment, a couple of phone lines open, 888-957-9570, Comcast Business text line as well, John Dickinson, Evan Giddings, Warriors this week, 95-7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Flipped it out to the left wing. Peyton wearing a white headband. Beats Curry. Curry for three. The shot's good! And he got fouled! Just released it, caught it awkwardly, and released it in one motion, buried it, and got fouled. Are you kidding me? Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, what can't he do, Evan? (laughs) I mean, really... Uh, just spectacular on top of spectacular when it comes to, to Stephen Curry as the Warriors got the win against the Kings last night uh, right here on 95-7. The game as Curry goes for 41 Man. in the ball game against Sacramento. That was the 51st four-point play in Stephen Curry's career. 51st! 51st! I mean, that's, that's amazing. And obviously those plays... With uh, all of the three-point shooting uh, along, you know, the NBA and the evolution of it over the last decade, a lot more threes, a lot more opportunities for for those to happen. But fifty-one four-point, it doesn't seem like he's had fifty-one four-point plays in, in his career, just from watching his career the last decade and a half. No, and he makes good defenders. He makes you question good defenders because those are situations where it's. You know, he he does such a great job at feeling the contact and being able to hoist a shot that of course he can make, but also drawing the contact. Like, you know, every single time, uh, you know, a, you know, an average uh, kind of shooter or someone not named Stephen Curry on another team draws a four point play, you're thinking, oh, that's a terrible foul. You know, why the hell would you run to that guy in the corner? 
But when Curry does it, it's almost like, well, yeah, I can understand why he might have, might have touched him up a little bit. And to do it 50 times, like he just makes the abnormal normal. And that's kind of how I felt about his game last night. It was just a matter of when he was going to get a chance to put the game away. And, uh, you know, Wiggins, who didn't have a great fourth quarter, uh, managed to curl around and, and find him for the dagger. And that's all she wrote for the Kings. I uh, want to let everybody know what's coming up here on, on 95.7, the game over the course uh, of the next couple of days here. And uh, Evan, you're going to be on Warriors Live and Warriors Wrap-Up tomorrow before and after uh, the Warriors Rockets game. So 3 o'clock tomorrow for Warriors Live. You're going to have that. And then the Warriors and the Rockets with Tim Roy on the call at 4 so look for Evan right around six, eh, right probably right around six forty-five, seven o'clock, taking your phone calls and, and providing analysis following game number three. I'm going to have 49ers duty tomorrow mm-hmm. at Levi's, and then I'll be back on Monday for the Warriors and the Pelicans with Warriors wrap up. I think uh, Willard and Dibs are going to have Warriors live for the earlier start on Monday, and then I'll have Warriors wrap-up back on Monday. So uh, appreciate you being in today. Hope we get an opportunity to, to do a bunch of these this season, uh, if not the bulk of them this season. It's been uh, a lot of fun. And uh, enjoy Warriors Live and Warriors wrap-up tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, appreciate that. Look, I, you know, I'm getting to sit in for you. You do a fantastic job on both the pre and the post. And uh, like you mentioned, J.D., 3 o'clock, uh, Warriors live and then Warriors wrap up after the game. Hopefully they wrap it up with a victory against a, a very beatable team in Houston and they can kind of keep the, the road momentum moving. But uh, yeah, I know you got uh, you know a big 49ers game to cover. Now we know that Brock Purdy's going to be back for it. So there should be a lot of juice around that game and for a team that's looking to stop a two-game skid. So there's a lot going on this weekend. Happy to be sitting in for you, and I'm happy that uh, we got a lot of good coverage. We got a lot of juicy storylines for both, of course, the 49ers, but primarily the Warriors. And uh, I'm also looking forward to hopefully chopping it up about that all season long on on Warrior this week. Uh, Warriors this week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and look, the Warriors. I think you know la- that that's why last night was huge. It just kind of gets everything on track. And now you know we'll see. I mean, I don't think any game is a is a sure thing. Definitely in the NBA, but the Rockets have have not looked good in their first couple of games this season and then we'll see how the Warriors handle the back-to-back in New Orleans and and, and all of that Let, let's get back to the phones 888-957-9570 uh, Warriors Realist is up next here on 95.7 the game what's going on Warriors Realist what's going on brother I think there's two two huge keys that are going to get us to the promised land if you know everyone stays healthy obviously is health is first and foremost but the the first thing is i like our depth across the board we have a good mix of uh young and old people in those positions would i like a seven two um you know kaminga or tjd or something like that yeah obviously we they always talk about we are undersized but i think we have the right pieces but First and foremost, I think the most important part is the uh, the Chris Paul ad. You know, I mean, it, it pains me to say, obviously, as a Warriors fan, but now that he's, you know, obviously one of us, I think he is, like, multifaceted when it comes to the impact that he's going to have. I think second unit, turnovers, closing lineup, and then first and foremost, I think the uh, – the actual rotation and the people that are going to play, I think he's going to have a huge impact. 
I love Kerr to death, but I think one of the things is not, you know, not playing a Kaminga and a Moody last year. I don't think Chris Paul would allow that along with Steph and Dre. I think that's one thing that he's given me. And then the probably the most important one that I've heard you guys kind of talking about today is Clay. I think him, Clay not having the ball in his hand and then, uh, you know, CP3 running that finishing game and, and just, distribution so he can catch and shoot i think he's going to be able to keep clay in a good enough position in that 20 20 range without having to put the ball on the floor because he's going to identify those things and see things that i think sometimes you know Kerr will kind of just allow but if he allows cp3 to do his thing and dictate and be that court general i think he's gonna he's gonna unlock a lot of things for us across the board with youngsters and, and keeping clay um, you know, happy and getting the ball and catch and shoot and running plays for him versus having him try to dribble and make, you know, make decisions and make plays, which we know he's not the greatest at doing. So I'm, I'm feeling actually pretty optimistic. You know, I know you guys got to feel, you know, a bunch of hours with a lot of the hypotheticals, but yeah, I trust Joe Lacob. I think he's going to, he's going to spend the money necessary when it comes to Clay and Kaminga. And we're not going to, he's not going to allow them to, to break up the, the band. Like I, you know, I know there's a lot of speculation, but that's just my take. Appreciate the call. I, I, look, I think the Warriors want to keep Clay Thompson without a doubt. It's just a matter of if Clay really thinks he's a 40 plus million dollar player still, and the war, yeah, then I then I think it's gonna, and he's adamant about that, and he's gonna stick to that, and he thinks another team would would potentially pay him that. Then I think it could continue to get a little bit dicey. Now, if he comes down into the thirty, into the thirties, and 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 maybe into the low low to mid thirties, then I think maybe there's there's some action there to where he would get you know, a, a a bigger deal in terms of at least the AAV compared to, to what Draymond got and obviously what, what Andrew Wiggins got, which I think is probably something that's going to be uh, important to him. But but as far as Chris Paul, I mean, I, I, to me it's watching this. You can see all the different ways Chris Paul helps the Warriors in these first two games. And he hadn't been great in both games either, but you can see it. Yeah, when he starts shooting the ball, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to add a different dimension to this team. And, and one thing that kind of got my my brain rattling listening to that call is I do think Chris Paul also affects a guy like Clay Thompson, not necessarily in like Clay's going to shoot when he wants to shoot. That's just who he is. But I do think Chris Paul as that floor general, the caller was talking about can have some effect on the secondary and third scores beyond Curry, because Curry's going to be able to do whatever he wants. He's going to shoot it. He's going to score points. He's going to ball out like he did last night against Sacramento. But if Clay, like Clay Thompson doesn't need to be the second scorer on this team every single night. And I think someone like Chris Paul, with a great pulse and understanding of the, the of the flow of individual games, is going to be the guy that can kind of correct some of those impulsive decisions by not just only Clay Thompson, but other players on the Warriors as well, to understand where the ball needs to go, what needs to happen on a certain possession offensively, and then just be the guy to sort of calm things down. So I think Chris Paul has fit in seamlessly. And I think throughout the season, we're also going to see him impact a guy like Clay Thompson, not necessarily taking the ball out of his hands, but within the flow of the offense, understanding when and where to hit Clay Thompson to put him in more advantageous positions. Back to the phones we go. Magic in Dallas next here on Warriors this week. Hey, Magic. 
Hey, what's going on, fellas? Um, I just wanted to call in to always support my guy E, but um, I also just I I was a staunch, uh, a staunchly against the Warriors getting Chris Paul. I hated it. I thought they were going to trade him right away. But I can't lie. I, after watching these first two games, I I think he's really going to help the team. Not only with just helping out the second second unit and, and empowering Kaminga and Moody and getting Clay open shots, but um, his ability to be the floor general outside of Steph is really really going to help, especially that second unit. And this might be the first uh, the first year in Steph's career where that second unit isn't like a minus however hundred, you know, for, for the season when he comes out. Um, and I'm not a Niners fan, but it, it, it must, it must be similar to how they felt when they got Richard Sherman from Seattle, because he was a hated person, you know, and then all of a sudden he's on the team and he helps you get to, I mean, they didn't win a championship, but he helps you get there at least. So um, it just, it, it reminds me of that a little bit. Uh, so I, I, what are you guys thought? Yeah, I think warrior fans are, are getting more and more comfortable with it. By the by, the game. I mean, I, look, I think he said the right things. I think I think Chris Paul said all the right things about Steph and Clay and and Draymond. I think Steph and Clay and Draymond have said all the right things about Chris. Like, I I was actually far less worried about it from a team standpoint. I I love the move from a t- from a basketball standpoint immediately. I love the financial flexibility that it also give them it gives the Warriors secondarily. But to me, it was more of a fan thing than it was going to be a player thing. I like. I, I think fans get caught, Evan, in well, Steph hates Chris and Clay hates this guy, and like, and the, and the reality is, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and and Warrior fans may cringe a little bit when I say this, but they know that Chris Paul is every bit the caliber of player on the same level as them. Like they absolutely know it, and and you know, sure, maybe. Steph's above Chris and all that, but those guys don't think about it the way that the fans think about that kind of stuff. Like, they respect the hell out of Chris Paul as a basketball player and a future Hall of Famer and somebody that's been on the top tier of players throughout the course of his entire career. I, you look, I'm 100% with you. And first of all, shout out to Magic. Appreciate the love. And I think where he's coming from with Chris Paul is where a lot of fans were of remembering the guy that would do all the things that he like Chris Paul is the classic player that you hate playing against and you love having on your team. And that's why I have always tried to appreciate Chris Paul's game as much as I can, because he's also won wherever he's been. And to me, Chris Paul amplifies the best in a certain team. He's able to extract the best out of either a young player, which is, it, it, it appears and sounds like he's kind of taken, whether it's Kaminga or Moody, trying to mentor them. I think Anthony Slater was talking about this after the Kings game, speaking with Chris Paul, that Chris Paul went and called Shea Gilgis-Alexander after their big win uh, for OKC because he had Shea when he was a rookie or when he was a very young player, and he maintains those kind of relationships. All of those things are within the, the scope of the NBA. Everyone has respect for each other, I believe, as long as you are the caliber of player that we believe Chris Paul to be, which is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And that's also kind of funny. We were talking about uh, the idea of this rivalry between the Kings and the Warriors. 
I think that's also why it's hard for me to see it as a rivalry because I know that De'Aaron Fox has the utmost respect for Stephen Curry outside of maybe Draymond Green, um, you know, and Sabonis or, or Harrison Barnes and Draymond, whatever. Everyone on that opposite sideline respects the Warriors and vice versa. I believe enough that there's not bad blood. I don't think there was ever any bad blood between the players of Golden State and Chris Paul. I think there might have been some hesitancy of figuring out how he was going to work on the court. But to me, Chris Paul has had enough of a sample size of immersing himself with any given situation and turning it into a relatively successful one that I believe that he could help the Warriors even if, for example, he hasn't hit a three-pointer in his first two games. It's that kind of fit that he's demonstrated himself to have wherever he's been. And so I'm glad that that has not kind of spun on its head. Um, you know, Maybe, I guess, the, the attitude that he showed in his first official press conference kind of gave people some pause. Uh, but but to, to me, J.D., that is a sign of a, a bulldog and a competitor and, and, quite frankly, a type of attitude that I think could help the Warriors not hurt them. I think all sides in this thing are doing everything they possibly can to make it work. And I think so far it appears as if it has a great chance to work. And then, and then we'll see what happens from there. Uh, I mean, even to the point where there's now reports that Chris Paul would be okay coming off the bench and that it's trending in that direction. And, and so, uh, look, I, I, nobody knew exactly how it was going to work out, but again, I keep coming back to the fact that I, I thought it was a little overblown, the, the notion that that you know these guys all kind of hate each other like I, I think a lot of that is no the fans do and 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 I get that I mean I I totally understand why it would be a little weird or uncomfortable given the the Steph CP3 rivalry and and how beloved Steph is obviously in the in the Bay Area but I mean those two worked out together and were friends early on in Steph's career. And I, I think it did get a little icy there for, for a time when, when Steph was emerging and, and, and eventually becoming a better player than Chris uh, after Chris you know, was the better player probably for the first four, five, probably five years of, of Curry's career. And then Curry surpassed him in that 14-15 season and, and, and really has been the better player since. So um, I, I think, you know, sure, maybe there's a little iciness because of that and, and the fact that, that Steph has gone on to win the four championships and Chris Paul hasn't, but I, I think all of that got wiped away. And really it, it, it comes back to Steph Curry, I think, being the person that he is to be so – I mean, he welcomed Kevin Durant. He's welcomed Chris Paul. And it's – again, all you can ask is that it gives – this an opportunity to work. And I think the word, it still may not from a basketball standpoint or from an age standpoint, but they're giving themselves the best possible chance. No, and I think Curry understands the bottom line, which is you got to win. And Chris Paul, if he helps you win, is going to be a valuable member of this team. And he's helped teams win in the past. I know he hasn't done it at, at a championship level, but I think he has been identified by the rest, kind of the, the inner core, the big three, as a guy that can help them get back to the mountaintop. And unless, J.D., they, they start to lose, um, I, I don't I don't think we're going to be talking about Chris Paul as a problem throughout this season. Winning cures everything, and I think the Warriors, with what happened last season, understood that all of the kind of minor issues, of course, beginning preseason, but then every single time there was... You know, an absence or Wiggins or Poole 
or kind of the, the, the murmurs that would leak out of the locker room, every time you don't win a basketball game, that noise begins to get louder. And so this year, if they do get off to a hot start, if they do stack W's, I think a lot of the concerns, not only just around Chris Paul, but around some of the residue from last season that people are wondering if it was going to leak over, that stuff will get calmed. And to me, that's very important for this team, not only, of course, to to play ahead, to potentially offset some injuries or absences, uh, but also to get themselves into the right mindset back to what they were when they won the championship two years ago as opposed to what they were last year. All right, let's get Junior and Pacifica in here before we call it a morning on Warriors this week. Hey, Junior, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, ge- hey, gentlemen, thank you. I was, uh, I like a lot of Warriors fans, really skeptical about Chris Paul coming in. I'm starting to see some of those little things he does for the other players. Um, and someone who can help Clay Thompson and the young guys all look better. Uh, he's not a seamless fit because we got to change how we play with him on the floor. You know, it, it changes what the Warriors, how they show up. And it's, it's fascinating to watch. I think part of the effect on last year is just, it's just something new. I mean, it's such a change in the Warriors. You've you got to focus on the present. You're too busy doing that to look at the future. And uh, finally, Evan, you're sounding like a seasoned pro here. Uh, good work. Good to hear you on the radio. Appreciate it. Thanks, Junior. Appreciate it, Junior. Thanks for the call. Look, it does change the way the Warriors play a little bit. I think they needed that change. I think they needed a, a dose of control and and just calm and and a little. They they need to be a little more buttoned up. I think they they aren't talented enough at this stage with the older players a little bit on the downturn and trying to mix everybody in. They're not talented enough to play the way that they played in in 2015, 16, 18, 19. They just aren't. They can't play as recklessly, and I think Chris Paul enables them in a lot of ways to play less recklessly, and they're better for it. Yeah, and look, I mean, naturally, the amount of passes are going to decrease. You know, last season, I think they were close to 330, 340 per game, just total passes through the first two games. They've been in the 250 range. I think that is a a Chris Paul um, impacted stat, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're not playing Warriors basketball. And so I think as we continue in the season, we'll see the Warriors come to Chris Paul a little bit. They'll meet him halfway, and hopefully Chris Paul will also meet them halfway. I, I think offensively is where I am wondering where he's going to fit in as far as scoring the basketball. I have no issue and I believe he's going to be able to set people up I think he's going to be able to slow the offense down but when the Warriors were successful throughout their dynasty but also even last season is when they could push the pace when they wanted to not against a team like Sacramento who can get up and down but against a slower unit how are they going to mix and match their styles and how is Chris Paul going to mix and match his style which has traditionally been pick and roll pound the rock find an open shot or take it take an 18 footer how is that going to kind of you know, coincide with what the Warriors have been and what has really made them successful? I think that's something I'm going to be paying attention to, uh, not only throughout the season, but of course tomorrow and uh, on Sunday against the Rockets. Yeah, uh, th- this thing's starting to take shape. Mm-hmm. And another opportunity for the Warriors to continue some of the momentum they built last night, tomorrow uh, against the Rockets. Uh, that'll do it for us. Evan, great stuff, my man, as always. Really appreciate uh, the chance to get to, to work with you and uh, enjoy Warriors Live and Warriors Wrap-Up tomorrow for the Rockets game. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon, my man. 
Yeah, I hope so. Look, three hours flew, and uh, appreciate everyone tuning in for the first edition this season, both on uh, YouTube as well as you know listening on the radio. I appreciate you letting me sit in for you tomorrow, JD, and uh, hopefully the Niners can pull out a W for you. All right, for Evan Giddings and Craig Valentino in our San Francisco studios, I'm John Dickinson. Appreciate you listening. Back next week, 9 a.m. until noon, right here, Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.